Welcome back to this week's episode of Husky Talk. We are your hosts, Mark, Damarian, and Emily. The week's guest has been on our show two times already. Look for his previous episodes on iTunes. He recently won the Cuscacoom 300. Please welcome back to the show, Matthew Failer. Hello, Matthew. How's your day been going? My day is great. How you doing? Good. Thank you for being back on our show. Thanks for having me. So before we start our interview with you, we are going to test your Iditarod knowledge. We have five Iditarod trivia questions. Ready? We, I, Who won the first Iditarod? His name is Dick Wilmarth. Yes. Who has won the most Iditarods? His, uh, his name is Rick Swenson. Yes. Who founded the Iditarod? Well, there are many people, but um, the, the, the gentleman that gets credit is Joe Reddington Sr. Yes. Good job. How many dogs can a musher start with, uh, with this year? Ah, now most people would say 16, but as you know, the rule changed 14. Good job. What is the name of the award given to the musher that finishes last? That's called the Red Lantern. Good job, you got all of them right. All right. I win. <laughs> yeah, you're going to be on the show. That's your award. Okay, thank you. Okay, now we're going to be asking you some questions. All right. Can you start out by telling us what what got you into mushing? Yeah. Um, so I was uh, in college. I think I was a sophomore at the time, and I needed a summer job to help afford uh, school. And so I, I did a summer job in Juneau at a, a sled dog tourism um camp where cruise ship passengers would come up and get a you know a ride on a cart and uh, it was then that I was introduced to a, a newborn puppy and later that puppy became um, my first uh, pet dog a pet sled dog he's she's at my feet right now as I do this interview with you guys so that's kind of how I got into dog mush I adopted that pet dog and I had a, a summer job down at, you know where did you go to college? I went to the Ohio State University in uh, Mansfield and Columbus, two two separate campuses. Go Hawks! That's right. Did you have a musher that inspired you, or continues to inspire you today? Um. Yes. Um, my mentor, as I call him, is is Martin Boozer. He's a continual inspiration continuous inspiration and uh, before martin because I, I i i say studied under martin I, I basically worked for martin for or with martin and his family for uh two and a half years years and before martin i mean matt who also worked for martin um and matt's like my best friend one of my best friends um and Abby West, those three mushers are uh, people that inspire me. That's cool. So we know you used to be a dog handler. So can you tell us who you were working, you were dog handling for? So I was a handler for, I handled uh, Abby West, 
I've played through those three people, uh, Abby West, Matt Hashida, Martin Boozer, and also Kelly Maxner. I handled him for one winter. Um, and, yeah, so those, four, those four mushers that I've worked for. Talk to us about how being a dog handler helped you become a successful musher. Um, well, thank you for calling me successful musher, I guess. I, um, I think we still, I mean, we still have a long way to go. You know, we're still learning, but I guess we do have a limited success at this point. Uh, anytime you work for anybody, you have like a, a really good opportunity to learn something from that employer. Uh, whether it be something that you want to continue on or something that you might want to change. Um, and each, each musher, since it's, it's their team, his or her team, they do think that makes sense to them. And when I handled for those four people, I got to see and work closely with them um, and what worked well with them and their dogs. And so when I became my own musher, I, I kind of have drawn on each experience and um, taken a little bit from each musher, just what makes sense to me, what works best for me. And so now I have, I have three handlers, two handlers, um, and, uh, you know, Michael, who's also basically a musher here, and they're all mushers, but these handlers are going to eventually take stuff from, from our kennel and go on and do their own thing, and they're going to say, well, you know, it works for Matt, but it didn't really make sense. And they're going to, you know, go on and do their own thing. So you know, what made me successful is understanding that each kennel is a little different. And you have to do what makes, you know, what makes the most sense and what's the most efficient for you. Um, and that also reflects the different style of dogs, the different style of training, the different style of um, running the dogs. So everything is just a little different based on the team. Yeah. We found out that you're an Eagle Scout. How did your experience as a scout help you now as a musher? Oh, I think teamwork. I think, you know, being in the scouts um, lets you grow and learn in the outdoors and with a group of, of other scouts and learning from the adults that are helping with the troop. Uh, but I've t taken all those um, lessons and skills and apply them you know, to owning a kennel and, and working with the dogs day in, day out. So all the, the merit badges that we that we attained when we were in the scouts, learning how to, you know, go out and survive in the woods and and, and cook things and a first aid and um, how to properly handle, handle firearms, all kinds of stuff have, you know, taught me many lessons that kind of come out while mushing today. Thank you. Congratulations on winning the Kasukum. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Did you do the Kasukum 300 for preparation for the Iditarod? Yes. Yeah, that was a, a calculated maneuver, I guess, to run or to race this race before the Iditarod. I think it's a good test for the dogs to get prepared for the run. Yeah. Can you tell us a little bit about the Gusco race? Like where it is in logistics? Yeah. Um, so if you look at the map of Alaska 
I guess it would be considered Southwest Alaska. Um, and it is out up really close to the coast. Uh, it's in Bethel, and it's part of the um, YK Delta, they call it. Um, and so logistically, getting your team, your dogs, your sled, all the gear, all the food, all that stuff out there, you can't just pack it up in the car and drive to Bethel because there's no road going from where I live to where they live. There are roads out where they live, but they don't connect to where I live. So you actually have to drive all the gear down to the airport in Anchorage and load up everything onto an airplane, and we have to fly all the dogs in their little kennels and the sled and the gear and the food and all my personal items all the way out to Bethel, unload everything, and have my friend pick me up out there and drive to their host family. So we actually had someone uh, put us up for the whole week that we were there um, and all their dogs. All my dogs were uh, in their backyard. They went from owning one uh, pet dog to having an additional 12 dogs in their backyard that, that were barking and howling and I was feeding. Um, and so the race is in Bethel. It's way out there on the on the west side of Alaska, and, and the race goes up the uh, Kuskokwim River, and it, and it um, you go through various villages or checkpoints along the, the river, all the way up to um, Antioch, and you make a loop around and come back down. Wow. So how did winning the Cusco 300 affect your confidence? Oh, honestly, I don't know if it has, if it has affected my confidence too much, at least. I mean, I always try to be a pretty level-headed guy, but we knew we had dogs that could eventually compete in that race. You know, the goal was to win. But you also don't want to go in there saying, I'm going to win this race. So I knew that the bloodlines and the dogs could win. It was just a matter of, you know, is it their time and did we do everything right and all that stuff. So it hasn't really affected my confidence too much. I mean, I've always been very confident in the dogs. I guess now it maybe validates that we were able to make all the right moves and dogs be able to keep the dogs very healthy and happy and so I'm extremely proud of them. What is your favorite part about doing the Iditarod? What's my favorite part about doing it? Yeah. Um, well, I mean, besides across the state with your with your best friends, uh, you know, besides that, just like experiencing the trail with the dogs, I think, um, the dogs leading us into these remote places, checkpoints and the, the uh, villages and seeing everybody that comes out and cheers on. I, I think Alaska and, and dog mushing and the Iditarod is so unique that it ties different um, types of people in different areas and ages, all these people together, you know, through one common thing and that's dog mushing of Alaska. So being able to kind of keep that traditional line, I think is one of the coolest things about the race. Yeah. So tell us how winning the most improved award last year will affect your confidence this year. Um, well, I guess 
you know, it's pretty flattering to get that. Um, I guess it shows that, that we're doing a lot of stuff right. My confidence is, yeah, I mean, my, my confidence should be a little stronger. It should be a little, um, you know, just again, validates the fact that we're moving towards the right direction. So the team's one year older, they're one year more confident, and hopefully we'll be able to, you know, shave off another 12 or 12 or so hours, maybe even more, and take the next step up into the elite group of mushers. So we have the confidence. We'll just have to make sure we execute the game plan correctly. Yeah. Can you tell us us about your strategy this year? Sure. Um, the strategy is to, I mean, you know, it's basically to do everything right. You, you, you have to limit all your mistakes. You have to keep the dogs perfectly healthy. Um, and you have to do what's best for them. And that will hopefully, you know, that will hopefully result in a, in a win. Um, I don't know. I've been using this analogy for a while now. And these dogs are now like juniors in high school and they're, they're about to go compete against a bunch of seniors and, and potentially, you know, some fifth year and sixth seniors, if you will, maybe college athletes. So they're, they're now juniors. So they, they know what it, what it's like to go through their freshman year and their sophomore year, but, um, they still don't know what it's like to be a senior. So they have a lot more to learn, but they can compete with all these other athletes, these other boys and girls. So, um, the strategy is to, um, just give the dogs enough rest to keep our speed around 10 miles an hour and, um, slowly, you know, take off a little bit of rest from last year. I, I mean, to go, to try to go compete to win, but, if if they're not ready to win, then we'll just kind of give them what they need and back off and try again next year, you know? Yeah. What place are you hoping to get this year? Well, we're, we're looking to get first place, um, but we'll be happy with anything. Um, I guess realistically, I would, I would love to, we would love to crack into the top 10 because that's never happened before. Um but uh, the goal is to win the Iditarod, and that's, that's been the goal ever since I got into this a while ago. When we, when we started breeding these dogs, we said we had like a five-year plan, and now we're, we're at year number three. So within five years, we'd like to win the Iditarod. That, that, you know, just because if it doesn't happen or not doesn't mean it's a failure or a success. It's just you've got to have some kind of goal, and you've got to keep trying to get better, you know. Good luck. We hope you place high. Thank you. <laughs> the next part of our show we call lightning round. We have five questions you need to answer as quickly as you can. Ready? I am ready. Favorite checkpoint? Um, over. Favorite dog? Uh, Fiona. Favorite race? The Cusco Quim 300. Favorite movie? Last of the Mohicans. Favorite muster? Um, Martin Boozer. Thank you. Oh, that was tough. <laughs> 
This question we are asking you, we're asking all of our guests. If you could go on a sled dog trip with anybody living or dead, who would it? Who would you choose and why? Like a sled dog trip anywhere, just like a vacation or, or like yeah, camping. A trip anywhere. Oh man, that is a good one. Um, well, I guess I would. Um, I would say uh, I would I'd pick. Libby Riddles, and I would say uh, I would like to go to like someplace warm where there's a where there's a beach, maybe like uh, maybe Hawaii. How about that? Because Libby is the first lady to win the Iditarod, and Libby was a manager um, for the same company that I managed. Uh, Alaska Iceland Expeditions down in Juneau up on the Mendenhall Glacier. So Libby and I have a couple things in common in that we're both dog mushers um, and we both manage the same camp. And so we ha- we would have a lot uh, to talk about and a lot of stories to share. Plus, she's so fun. And so we could, we could um, warm up out, you know, um, from, from the cold. We could go out there and tell stories about old dog mushing tales. That'd be fun. What is your favorite song? My favorite song? Oh, man. Um, oh, that's that's hard. It's, it changes all the time. Um, I guess the Beatles' Let It Be. Oh, yeah. That's a good song. Thank you for taking your time to talk to us today. Have a great day, and good luck in the Iditarod. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I appreciate y'all having us back on. Um, yeah. Oh, no, yeah. Yeah, that's right. Special thanks to our guest, Matthew Failer, for being on our show this week. Sus- subscribe to us on iTunes and tune in next week. We would also like to give thanks we would also like to give credit to Hobo Jim for our theme song, the I Did Our Trail song. Now enjoy a clip from Matthew's favorite song, Let It Be by the Beatles. Let it be, let it be. Let it be, whisper words of wisdom, let it be, when all the broken hearted people living in the world agree, there will be an answer, let it be.